Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Alex Jones has officially returned to X. I say returned, but he was never actually here. Alex Jones was banned from Twitter. Elon Musk bought Twitter, renamed it X. So it's actually the first time that Alex Jones has been on X, but you get the point. His account was restored on the platform formerly known as Twitter. He has returned to the mainstream conversation and public square. Though I got to be honest, I don't think he actually went anywhere. To be fair, when you take a look at the size of Alex Jones's operation pre-ban, it was insane. I think Alex said he was something like as big or bigger than Joe Rogan. I think that's fair to say. Absolutely. And uh, I think in a different space with some overlap with Joe Rogan. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, Alex Jones's YouTube presence, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all of that was massive. And then all at once, they took him down. Not only that, but they started banning the URLs to his website. So it's one thing to shut someone's account down. But then all of these platforms also said, you cannot go to his website. You can't share links to his website. The tides, they are returning, my friend. And I have to say, I am actually surprised at the, the, the scale of change and uh, the amount of victories we're seeing since Elon Musk bought Twitter. I was at an event with uh, some of Elon's cohorts, friends, and other uh, big tech bros. This was in Austin, as well as some uh, commentators, conservatives, free speech advocates. And it seemed like the, the whole narrative around how we win the culture war was just technology. And I, I absolutely disagreed. I said, guys, it's culture. It is not just the technology. I can admit controlling Twitter is a massive vehicle for controlling culture. But young people don't use Twitter the same way that they're using other platforms. And we really need to be focused on what younger people are, are talking about. And now it's getting scary. There's an article that was put out by The Economist the other day showing that 18 to 29-year-olds 20 to 25% do not believe the Holocaust happened. Okay, look, I'm, I'm all about philosophy. I'm all about uh, logic and uh, pragmatism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which means I understand that history is written by the victors, but not always, not always. It's not an absolute. 
And so when it comes to, you know, historical events, oh, I've had my debates with people who don't believe the moon landing happened and things like that. And I'm like, Occam's razor is all I can say. Okay, so when you meet someone who's an actual survivor of the Holocaust, it's just it really discredits a lot of the conspiracy theories. But don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's a lot of things about history, the Holocaust included, that we don't know about that may be different from what we've read about. But the fact that young people don't believe it happened, something crazy is going on. So when uh, I hear all these guys talking about winning the culture war through uh, technology, I'm just like, yes, but look at Parler, look at Getter, look at Truth. The attempts at, at building these public squares have been destroyed. Now, Parler, it looks like the government may have gone after. It was uh, much like Alex Jones. Parler was destroyed simultaneously all at once through false narratives. And uh, I got to say, Elon Musk buys Twitter, calls it X, and now it has just been victory, victory, victory over and over and over again. So here's the big news. Alex Jones is back. Elon Musk, the Tate brothers, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy all joined in for a live Twitter chat that was so massive that Vivek Ramaswamy urinated live (laughs) accidentally. Okay, I guess this is actually apparently uh, Vivek was on this live chat with Elon and Alex Jones and the Tate brothers and Josie, the redheaded libertarian was there who actually spoke and, uh, left his microphone on while he was in the bathroom. So we're just, we're just getting big news today. That's how crazy things have gotten. Apparently that's the story, but, uh, uh no, this is a massive, massive, uh, uh, Twitter space, 2 million tuned in 2 million massive with all of these prominent individuals speaking. I see, we see Jack Posobiec was there. Matt Gates was there. You got Brian Krasenstein, ALX, all having this conversation. So I must tell you, I must tell you, my friends right now, you must look up. Mike Cernovich tweeted this on the 9th. You travel back in time to 2020. You tell people Harvard, MIT, and Penn's presidents are going to be fired for anti-Semitism. Alex Jones is back on Twitter, which is now called X. Elon Musk bought it. You'd be 5150 despair is for losers. I love the time travel test. You take something that we're seeing today and, 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 and imagine asking someone several years ago what they would think and they'd never believe you. But look at where we are. And I think Mike is right. Despair is for losers. You know, look, I think the night is always darkest before the dawn. We are, we are staring, down the ba- uh, staring down the barrel of some dark days. But that doesn't mean the world ends. It doesn't mean we lose. In order to win the culture war, you actually have to engage in it. And that means there's going to be challenges ahead of us. But I do believe we're on the path to victory. And I believe, as I've been saying now for the past several months, we have been taking the the center of the the battlefield. We have been storming at enemies. uh, Ranks have been shattered. They're fleeing. And now we storm the battlefield. It's all figurative, of course. But another way to put it is, we were uh, pushed up to uh, the end zone with the opposing team, and uh, there was an interception on our side, and we've advanced the line, uh, you know, 20, 30 yards. Does that mean we've won? No. Does that mean we're winning? It does. We are, we are, I, I believe we are approaching that 50-yard line. Sentiment in favor of Donald Trump is, 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 is improving. His polls are improving. Joe Biden is losing. There's a lot that is, uh, is, is before us. There are, we are certainly facing challenges. We did not score that touchdown, touchdown just yet, but we are on our way and we are gaining, gaining, gaining with the return of Alex Jones. Now, the question is, 
What was Alex Jones banned for? You may believe that Alex Jones was banned on Twitter for his discussion of Sandy Hook. False. That's not what happened. Alex Jones was banned because he confronted Oliver Darcy in public and insulted him to his face. Oliver Darcy, of course, is a CNN journalist. And uh, what's the right way to describe him? I don't think journalist is a fair assessment because he just makes things up uh, and manipulates and produces uh, conspiracy theory and misinformation. So propagandist. And it's kind of a loaded term, it's, but that's what he does. Oliver Darcy's not a journalist. And I can tell you this, having known the guy for a long time, there was a period where he did journalism and then he got hired by CNN. And all of a sudden he's just misrepresenting things in, in ways that favor the, the, the establishment, the government, in, intelligence agencies, and that are deceptively manipulative and untrue. Right. So uh, an example would be of, of uh, I, I, an example of the manipulation of information is like when Donald Trump threw the food into the koi pond. For those that aren't familiar with this, there's a famous video where Donald Trump is with Shinzo Abe of Japan, and they're sprinkling food into a koi pond fish. And then all of a sudden the camera zooms in on Trump and he dumps the whole thing in. Everybody mocked and belittled Trump for doing it. In the real video, without being zoomed in, you can see that Shinzo Abe poured all of the food in the koi pond. Trump looked, nods, okay, and then he does the same thing. They tried to make it seem like Trump was some idiot, and then they made fun of him. How about they claim that Trump said to drink bleach, things like that? It's just not true. None of it's true. That's what they do. They rip things out of context to manipulate you. The fact that Alex Jones has returned to, uh, to Twitter, now X, speaks greatly to our ability to speak freely and our victory in the culture war. Now, I pull up for you the Washington Post. Elon Musk restores account of conspiracy theorist Alex Jones on X. Oh, boy. The move is likely to hasten the fight of advertisers from the site over anti-Semitism and hateful content. Will it now? Before we jump into that story, my friends, head over to castbrew.com. Support our work by buying our coffee. When you buy Cast Brew coffee, I really do recommend Appalachian Nights for uh, people who like dark roasts or um, uh, Rise with the Berto Jr. as our light roast. You're supporting our endeavor to build physical locations where y'all can hang out, share coffee, and we're going to have big TVs on the wall, and they're going to be playing shows like Tim Cast, Tim Cast IRL, Steven Crowder, Sticks, Hex, and Hammer, Viva Fry. We're going to have all of that stuff. So, Casper.com support the show. Let's read the story from Washington Post. The account of conspiracy theorist Alex Jones was stored on X, formerly known as Twitter, on Sunday after Elon Musk conducted a poll among followers on Saturday and pronounced, The people have spoken, and so it shall be. This will be bad for X financially, but principles matter more than money, he added. It's a reversal of the 2018 decision by the social media platform's former management to ban Jones after he promoted hate speech and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and elevated extreme voices. Lies! Lies. Alex Jones was banned for confronting Oliver Darcy in the halls of Congress, and he said something like, you have rat eyes. And so, yes, if the argument from Twitter is like, that crossed the line, he's harassing a user, but it was like, he did something in public. Not on Twitter. On Saturday. Musk asked his followers in an unscientific poll whether Jones, who has falsely claimed in the 20, uh, fa- falsely claimed the 2012 Sandy Hook mass killing uh, was staged, should come back. Yes. And I mean, since tw- I think 2018, maybe even 2017, Alex Jones has said he doesn't think it's staged. I'm going to show you what Alex Jones said, though. And I've got some criticisms there. In a video, Jones also asked his followers to vote for his return. About 70 percent in the poll said yes. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? 
with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Let me let me explain this to you, Washington Post manipulators and smear merchants. Elon Musk asked his followers, should Alex Jones be reinstated? And there's a reason why this poll matters. And there's a reason why it's scientific. What do you mean scientific? Nobody's trying to determine whether or not the nation wants Alex Jones back. These people are psychotic and they are evil or they're just really dumb. But hey, maybe both. The reason why this poll matters is that Elon Musk is asking the users of Twitter in the most high profile way, those that are most likely to engage with the platform. Do you want Alex Jones back? 70% said yes. Elon, imagine you have a business that sells cupcakes and you walk a busy day and everybody's there and they're all your regulars are there. You say, how many of you want pumpkin cupcakes? And then 70% raise their hand. Guess what? You're going to be selling them cupcakes. So you make them 70% buy them. You make money. That's how you run a business. So when Elon Musk is running his business and says, how many of you want Alex Jones? And 70% says yes. He's like, okay. Most people want Alex Jones back. Now, here's how they used to do it. 30% say no. Okay. So the previous management would say, how many of those people are going to quit? 10%. So we lose 3% of, of Twitter's base. How many will stay on the platform even if we don't bring back Alex Jones? No one's going to quit if we don't bring him back. Okay, then we don't bring him back because we, we lose money. Elon Musk is doing things in a different way. Now, I love the Sandy Hook stuff. So let's talk about what did Elon, uh, uh, what, what did Alex Jones say? Not Elon, Alex Jones. The New York Times has some quotes. Alex Jones began lying about Sandy Hook shooting within hours after it occurred. This is from September of 2022. Some of the clips existed on other social media accounts. Some were retrieved from an old InfoWars feed, blah, blah, blah. Here are some of the comments. He said, my gut is the timing and everything that happened. This is staged. And, you know, I've been saying for the, for the last few months, get ready for big mass shootings. And then magically it happens. OK, let's let's stop there. Did he defame any of the parents in that quote? No, but hold on, folks. We've got to get private investigators up to Sandy Hook right now. I'm telling you, this stinks to high heaven. Still didn't defame anybody. We're sorry for everybody's losses, whatever. We're investigating this, though. Uh, that seems rather benign. It's as phony as a $3 bill. Don't know the context there, but that one looks like a direct call out saying beyond. The, you know, the first ones are like, it stinks and I don't trust it. Now he's outright saying it's, you know, you've got parents laughing. Ha ha ha. And then they walk over to the camera and go boo hoo hoo. And not just one, but a bunch of parent, parents doing this. And then photos of the kids that are still alive. They said die. I mean, they think we're so dumb. Interesting. Don't know enough about it. 
Uh, I, I can say there is a video that went viral showing a parent laughing and then walking to the camera and then crying. I, I don't know what that means, right? That doesn't mean anything to me. Everybody thinks they know uh, how you'll react when in these situations. We recently had some a shocking situation where a, a prominent YouTuber was someone tried to kill them. And, uh, uh, you know, we we're playing the video and someone I know said that sounds so fake. And I'm like, dude, this literally happened. Why do you think it sounds fake? You don't know how someone will react. And that's why I'm just like, I don't know, man. I, 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 this is weird stuff. I watched the footage. I'm, I'm not going to read everything he says, but um, he makes some of these points about uh, a guy laughing and then going on camera. I got to be honest. I don't believe that outside of the, it's as phony as a $3 bill. And, and what is the context of that? It's not like he came out and, and, and said explicitly of the parents' names and all that. Now, this is important because what they've been claiming is that Alex Jones, well, first, that he was suspended from Twitter over this. He never was. And they claimed that he directly defamed the parents. My understanding, and it could be wrong, he never actually named, uh, I think he named like one person but I'm not entirely sure. And when it came to his, his civil trial where he owes all this money, there was never actually a trial over defamation. It was a summary judgment. Uh, I'm sorry, it was a default ruling, meaning they claimed that Alex Jones didn't even try to challenge the claims when he did. They just went straight to the trial for how much damages he would owe without actually going through whether or not he actually defamed anybody. Interesting. Well, we had this massive Twitter space. And the big news out of that is Vivek Ramaswamy appears to urinate with Mike on during Twitter space. Oh, heavens me. You know, I got to be honest. I don't think this is actually neg going to negatively impact Vivek Ramaswamy. And it's kind of fascinating because uh, you had that Howard Dean moment where it like destroyed his campaign by, by yelling. I think what did he yell? Yoo-hoo or whatever. Vivek is on this stream. And uh, I, I got to be honest, too. I, I, I'm not even convinced he's actually urinating. Someone says that. I think Alex Jones is like, yo, someone's peeing on stream. And then everyone repeated it. I'm not sure he actually did. Well, whatever. You know, far be it for me to know whether or not someone's urinating when you're hearing it in a camera or something. But uh, I, 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 he could have been like, he could have been uh, like making an espresso or something. I don't know. Like, apparently all you hear is like water trickling. But it, I got to admit, it doesn't sound, at least the audio I heard, like a toilet. It sounds like water trickling, in which case it's like, did he make an espresso or turn the faucet on or something like that? I don't know. I don't know how you respond to this, but, you know, it's the big news. So here it is. With the media now uh, coming after Elon Musk greatly, as they've been for some time, Elon Musk seems to be doubling down more and more. Bringing back Alex Jones seems to be a big middle finger. And Elon's basically saying, you know what, man? Screw these people. Here's the fun and funny thing. They say that Twitter X, it's going to crash and burn. You know what? Give us a year. That's all we need. Donald Trump is leading. And right now we are winning the culture war tremendously. And so maybe, maybe at some point X crashes and burns, but it's not going to crash and burn in a year. And that means this platform will exist and the conversation will persist into 2024 and the election. And then at least Trump wins, but we'll see. Now, as per, uh, uh, per constitutional speech and what that means, Josie, the redheaded libertarian who hosts Spaces with Josie, you can watch the live show on TimCast.com, members only. But uh, uh, so here's how this works. Josie hosts periodic Twitter spaces. You should follow TRHL official on, on X slash Twitter. 
where she interviews uh, people over Twitter spaces. If you want to watch the video version, because the Twitter space is always free. There's a video version where you can see Josie live on camera. And we have that on uh, uh, TimCast.com for members. Uh, it's just kind of the bonus where you get to watch the video component of it. We just were trying to figure out some way to like make it more than just a Twitter space. But it is available uh, on Twitter, on X. Uh, Josie is a, uh, a revolutionary journalist. And I don't mean like she's engaging in revolution. No, she covers greatly the Constitution, Independence Revolution. And she broke down constitutional speech. So I'd like to play this so we can get an understanding of what it really means. What it really means that we're going to have free speech. So I I just wanted to help kind of clarify that for some listeners who might have questions. Um, So the speech and expression, which are not given protections in America under the First Amendment, include incitement, defamation, fraud, obscenity, CP, fighting words, and true threats. The government does have power to make blanket regulations on speech, including time, place, manner. That's usually done in the form of permits. Uh, And when it comes to slander and libel, those are defamation adjacent and need to be proven as there's no such thing as a false opinion under the First Amendment, only a false fact. Um, But many times by the time the due process is through, the damage has already been done. I mean, we saw that with Uh, The Me Too movement, particularly with Justice Kavanaugh, we saw that with Alex Jones, the Tates, Nick Sandman, Kyle Rittenhouse, where um, the kind of propaganda machine took over and um, and 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 truth was lost for a period of time. Uh, So when it comes to obscenity, that's the hardest constitutional violation to prove uh, when it comes to the expression of that, because it's it has kind of a standard of I I know it when I see it. So there is something called the Miller test uh, to determine whether something is deemed um, legally extreme. So I, I hope that that helps. Yeah, so we're not doing drag queen story time here. We're not calling for violence. We're not hacking websites. <laughs> we're promoting freedom. That's why we're censored. Yes, exactly. Alex? Yeah, uh, excellent breakdown. I think it's very important because uh, the reason why I wanted to make sure that was included in this one, shout out to Josie. But more importantly, you are going to hear a lot of lies. Right now, there's a big story happening. Another big component of the victories we're having. Saturday Night Live mocked Rep. Elise Stefanik. She vigorously and powerfully called out the uh, heads, the presidents of three universities, MIT, Penn, and um, Harvard. For this one, uh, these presidents has already resigned. She said, is it against the rules to call for the genocide of Jews? And these, these presidents were all like, well, the Constitution allows free speech. So in certain contexts, these are universities like Harvard that have been accused of, uh, uh, of they, they, there's a quote from, I think it's from, uh, who is it? Andrew Sullivan. Harvard is where free speech goes to die. Uh, Fire, which is a free speech organization, says that they get an abysmal, a zero abysmal rate, uh, an abysmal rating. There's no free speech. They say you have to use pronouns or else. Fat phobia is banned, but they actually say you can call for the genocide of Jews. Now, this is a component of it because what they're trying to argue now is that Alex Jones does not deserve free speech. He's not allowed to give an opinion on a news event. He should be destroyed, fined, billions. They tried to go. What were they trying to do? It was really funny. The, the families were demanding. Uh, they wanted like a trillion or something, like some insane number. The GDP of France. They, uh, they say Alex Jones should not have a right to express these things, but you shouldn't be allowed to shame fat people. You should have to use pronouns. And well, you know, if you're calling for the genocide of Jews, that's a context dependent statement. These are all manipulations and lies. 
There is a harsh reality here. When it comes to the uh, anti-Semitism, Penn, Harvard, MIT thing, look, I actually agree with what what the professor said. The problem is they're trying to trick us. They say free speech now, but then later when it comes to opinions that we disagree with, they say no free speech or opinions we agree with. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine engine repairs, and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com slash Carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today. So we'll, we, we all agree like, well, people should have a right to free speech even for these abhorrent things, so long as it's not an imminent threat, right? As Josie pointed out, these are the confines of, of, of free speech. There's such a thing as a wrong opinion, only a wrong fact. And they say, well, but the Constitution. Then we say, OK, well, that means I'm not a fan of fat shaming. I think people should be encouraged to lose weight. But, you know, if somebody wants to say that stuff, that's, they're allowed to say it. And then they say, no, you can't say that. They try to act like therefore free speech when they want to say the most violent, disgusting things. And then when we want say that people should have free speech, they say, no, I think people shouldn't say vile, mean, disgusting things. I think we should make our our arguments uh, uh, articulately, rationally. But I understand that there are some opinions that people find distasteful. That is the challenge with obscenity. Obscenity is an opinion. I think that there is an obvious moral standard for a reason. You know, we say like no uh, uh, child abuse. Well, it's a crime. It's illegal um, because it's destructive to the future of this country and to the future of humanity. The point of morals when it comes to uh, obscenities showing graphic images is because we are trying to uh, protect the mental state of children. But that means obscene things are allowed, just not in public, but in restricted spaces. And I have no problem with this. Some would argue that obscenities are free speech. And uh, it, yeah, it, yeah, uh, depending. So uh, notably, George Carlin went to jail for uh, swearing. As he said, was it the seven words you can't say on TV? He got arrested for it because that was considered obscene and could uh, harm the, the mental state and development of children. But we ultimately decided like, oh, come on. It's up to the parents to say, don't listen to these radio shows or these comedy clubs. But then we get to porn. And right now we all basically agree. Look, you can have it. Fine. You have free speech, but you're, you, this is a restricted thing because you got to be at least 18 or whatever. I have, I have, I have no problem there. I have no problem there. See, you need to understand. And I've said this greatly. You know, we had the, that woman from majority report on, she's like, you're for censorship, Tim, because you don't want these, these adult books in, in schools. And I said, yes, you are correct. Uh, next question. Like, I, I don't know what you're trying to get me. I'm like, I have no problem saying I support censorship. 100 percent. You know, there are people working at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, who are taking down child abuse. They should. Because there's a moral line we all have. 
It is not just, well, we believe in free speech, so anyone can do whatever they want. That's not how it works. There are moral lines. This is why culture is the most important thing, not just tech, but tech helps us build that culture. And that's what we're seeing now. My friends, I have another big story for you that I want to get into, but instead of making a 40 minute segment, I'll break it up. And I want to talk to you about the latest news pertaining to the universities and how we're winning. Saturday Night Live mocked Elise Stefanik. And it was insane to me. I'm like, are you kidding? These professors were defending people calling for the genocide of Jews. And sure enough, SNL took their side. That's crazy to me. They decided that Elise Stefanik was the bad guy for calling it out. And so the butt of the joke was her. Hey, my friends, this is us winning. This is us winning. And that's that's just it. But I'll, I'll get into all that. I'll tell you why. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Shout out to the man himself, Alex Jones. Uh, congratulations on your return. Things are going to get fun this year. And I got to say, shout out to Elon Musk. You know, man, I've never been one in my whole life to ever care to look up to somebody. I tell you this. People ask me, when you were going to put it, do you have any heroes? No. We were watching some skate videos yesterday because we're filming with some, uh, some pro skateboarders and having fun in the, in the skate park. As we're launching our new channel, Boonies HQ, follow us on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, go to Boonies HQ on YouTube, follow. And I was making the joke every time a pro skate, we're watching this video and this pro's doing these really good tricks. I'm like, I could do that. I could do that. And I'm kidding, by the way, because, you know, I'm like almost 38. But um, when I was a kid, that's, that's really how cocky and arrogant I was. I'd watch these videos and see a dude do this like crazy trick. I'd be like, I could probably do that. I never looked up to anybody. I look at Elon Musk right now and I am inspired. And there's, a, there's, a, there's another feeling I get. I don't know what the, I'm emotionally satisfied is another way to say, it. because I keep saying, where are these ultra wealthy people to put their money where their mouth is, stand up for what's right and say enough. There were people of great means and wealth. Where are they? I'll tell you who I am. I'm a dude from the South side of Chicago. I complain on the internet. Y'all have followed me, supported my work. Uh, you've bought our coffee. You've become members at TimCast.com. You have greatly empowered my work, the work of the people who are here. Josie, for instance, who is a, a, a producer, staff, and, and talent for uh, TimCast.com. You've empowered all of us, and I am eternally grateful for that. And we have used those abilities to expand this, uh, this battle. Cast Brew Coffee Shop is underway. The private club and skate shop is underway. We're building out our skate show. And I know a lot of people might not care about skateboarding, but we are pushing the wokeness out of this culture and we are taking it back. And that's the point. I'm not a billionaire. I didn't invent cell phones or rocket ships or satellites or anything like that. And there are so many people who have tremendous amounts of money. We don't. We're well off and we're empowered by you. You have, all, you, you, you have, you have lift, lifted us up to, to uh, do the work we do. And I feel like we do a great job. I have begged. Look, I know that there are people out there who have a billion dollars. Why aren't they in this fight? Donald Trump stuck his neck out. And for all his faults, which he has many, his net worth has declined and he's done great work. No new wars. I love it. Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, has joined the fray. And it is one of the most inspirational things. So shout out to Elon Musk. He's a guy who's far from perfect. Come on. Everybody deserves criticism. But the fact that he, he, he bought Twitter, 
the work that he's doing, bringing back Alex Jones. And, and you may not agree with Alex Jones and you don't have to, but free speech matters. This is us winning. So I want to give a shout out to Elon Musk for taking great risk to himself to do what's right. Let's roll, baby. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on the channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. With the return of Alex Jones to Twitter, now called X, I can only say that we're winning. But we have another big story that I referenced in my earlier segment about victory. And this has to do with the resignation of a president at a university calls for the firing of another. And now Saturday Night Live is facing calls to apologize after they mocked Elise Stefanik, GOP representative, for calling out anti-Semitism. Oh, boy. We got a doozy here. So uh, in the past week or so, we had this hearing where GOP rep Elise Stefanik asked three presidents, three, three different universities, Penn, MIT, and Harvard, if calling for the genocide of Jews broke their rules. Each one of these individuals gave some wishy-washy non-answer where they basically said, well, you know, people have free speech. The funny thing is, in, in regards to Harvard particularly, they, uh, they say you can't, have, uh, you can't engage in fat phobia. They say that using the wrong pronouns is disrespectful and creates a bad environment. They have restrictions on speech. But when it comes to the issue of calling for the genocide of Jews, all of a sudden they become free speech constitutionalists. No, we don't believe it. They're liars. Uh, props and bravo to Elise Stefanik for calling this out. It was tremendous. In fact, we have this story from CBS. Penn President Liz McGill and board chair Scott Bach resign after controversial congressional hearing. We are hearing now that this massive, massive fund, $100 million is pulling out of, I think it's Harvard, over their inability and unwillingness to call out anti-Semitism. A tremendous victory. And look, a lot of people on, on, the, on the left bring up, but I thought you were for free speech. Yeah, absolutely. But y'all are hypocrites. So you should have your funding pulled for being hypocrites. But I'll tell you exactly what this is. First, let me just mention the news. SNL does a skit opening their show on Saturday, mocking Elise Stefanik and seemingly defending the professors that are either facing calls for resignation or one of them outright resigned already. So what is this? The left is doubling down. But here's the thing. The longest time the left played this game where they said you're a Nazi and you're racist. And you know what? The average person was scared of that. The average person says, look, I don't know, man. I don't like racists. Yeah, who does? Not very many people. Some people are racist. I guess they like each other. And so when the left used the you're a racist line, it worked for a period of time. And then eventually people just started saying, I'm so sick of it, dude. I'm not racist. I'm done. Something else just happened recently. With this hearing, the same regular people who don't like racism and don't like anti-Semitism heard these professors outright engage in hypocrisy and defend far left calls for genocide of Jews. And while I want to make sure we're very clear here, I don't, you know, to, to the extent that the far left is actually going out calling for genocide, that wasn't the question. Some are, most I don't believe are, but I don't want to play a game of like, you know, I think the average leftist is calling for the eradication of Israel, which I don't think is immediately anti-Semitic, but a lot of the people who are saying it are doing it for anti-Semitic reasons. Here's what happens. Your average person says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. 
These people are outright defending calling for the genocide of Jews. And this is what breaks down the left's lie machine. It has now become apparent to everybody. The left doesn't oppose racism. They're for it. The left doesn't oppose anti-Semitism. They're for it. And this is breaking it all down. We've learned about this a long time ago, but it's only now I'm breaking into the mainstream. When the Women's March happened several years ago, the big one, uh, biggest march in D.C. history, whatever they said, a story was published by Tablet Magazine where you actually had a woman say the, the organizers here were pushing anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, attacking Jewish people, saying horrible things. And we, we, we kind of understood. We understood when they were defending the likes of Farrah Khan and things like that. And now they can't deny it anymore. The left at these universities, they don't want to come out and criticize anti-Semitism because they know young people are deeply anti-Semitic. The Economist released a poll showing 18 to 29 year olds, one fifth of them don't believe the Holocaust happened or that it was exaggerated. So it's around 20, 20 percent think it didn't happen, like 25 think it has been exaggerated, meaning there's big overlap there. So here's what happens. Naturally, the left in media is going to defend the left in academia. So SNL runs a skit effectively defending the professors. Now, there are some news reports where they're like, well, the professors were, were also skewered along with these Elise Stefanik. No, the mockery of the professors was fake. It was like the professors get asked a question and they go, well, I believe in diversity. And then you hear chuckling. And I'm like, that, that, that what? They didn't say anything. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. Let me show you what they do to Elise Stefanik with the with the closing statement they have in the segment. And you can understand. Thank you. That's all the time we have. This was all very useless. <laughs> Not for me. For me, it was very useful. I had a great time. I'm the Hanukkah gift no one wanted. And live from New York. It's Not for me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. It was all useless. Useless. Actually, it's one of the most useful things we've seen in a long time. Elise Stefanik hit the nail on the head with the hammer. You say no hate speech. You say no fat phobia. What about calling for the genocide of Jews? Oh, whoa, whoa. The Constitution says there it is. There it is. These people are fascists. They are. The university presidents, they have uh, uh, David Graeber said this, the late David Graeber. Anarchist anthropologist, though we hate being called that, said that elements of the left have adopted the fascistic tenets of there is no truth but power. And thus, this is what they do. They lie, they cheat, they steal. 
They claim we're we're for free expression, shut down anyone who opposes them and then claim, well, you know, we get it throughout this whole clip. They basically just make Elise Stefanik look really bad, despite the fact that she did a really great job. Here's another clip. Women. Now, I'm going to start screaming questions at these women like I'm Billy Eichner. <laughs> Anti-Semitism, yay or nay? I'm sorry, what? Yes or no is calling for the genocide of Jews against the Code of Conduct for Harvard. Well, it depends on the context. <gasps> what? <laughs> that can't be your answer, you pen lady. Same question, yes or no? Well, we are serious about stopping all forms of hatred, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. Not the second one. And my tea lady, chance to steal. Not the second one. And they do that several times. This one's fascinating. The issue of Islam uh, didn't come up in these questions that, that went massively viral. SNL is defending these, these uh, presidents. Calls for SNL to apologize for its unfunny anti-Semitism hearing sketch that mocked GOP Rep. Uh, uh, Stefanik for calling elite colleges instead of their president's shameful testimony. So let's get into that. Before we do, I do have a shout out. I do have a shout out. Head over to thebestsongever.com. Ladies and gentlemen, on the 15th, we will be releasing the greatest song ever written together again. It is a cover of the uh, uh, Smokey Mike and the God King. That's Jeremy Boring and Michael Knowles of the Daily Wire. It's a cover of their song. Click pre-order on Amazon. Pre-order it for 69 cents, super cheap. And uh, this time, we didn't do pre-orders in any of the last songs we released. This is our new song that we're putting out. The whole thing is basically a big F you to the music industry. We are basically just making fun of the whole thing. And we are doing a cover of uh, Jeremy Boring and Michael Knowles' song because theirs was also a big middle finger to the industry. And uh, when you pre-order, you will help us get onto the billboard charts as we've done with many of our songs already. And I would just love it. <laughs> I don't know if you would, maybe um, if we were able to chart this song, which the whole premise of is a underhanded insult to the institution being captured by the woke left and their rejection of uh, of the work that we do. It's a long story, but the simple version is that the music industry gave an FU to Jeremy Boring. So he struck back with this song together again. We made a modern cover version of it as an additional FU to the music industry. We are releasing it this Friday. And if you pre-order now and all throughout the next week, then we'll get on the billboard charts and that that FU will be there, too. But let's get back to the news. Here's where we're currently at. Penn President Liz McGill, board chair Scott Bach resign after con controversial congressional hearing on anti-Semitism. CBS reports Liz McGill and Scott Bach, two top leaders at the University of Pennsylvania, resigned Saturday after days of criticism and pressure from donors, alumni and Jewish community members following McGill's comments in a congressional hearing on, uh, on campus anti-Semitism. Now, the important thing to understand, this story is from December 9th, okay? This story came out December 9th at 4.54 p.m. At the same time this is going down, SNL is preparing to insult Elise Stefanik for calling it out. Now, when you've got massive funds, financial institutions, and activists calling out these universities— why would SNL decide to go the route of the woke left? I, I think it's very, very likely SNL may actually issue an apology over this because they're going to get eaten alive as well. Quote, I write to share that President Liz McGill has voluntarily tendered her resignation as president of the University of Pennsylvania. After her exit, Bach also announced he would be stepping down effective immediately 
and that he declined to stay and help with the presidential transition. Fox said in a statement that McGill made a very unfortunate misstep. The world should know that Liz McGill is a very good person and talented leader who was beloved by her team. She is not the slightest bit anti-Semitic, Box said in a statement. Working with her was one of the great pleasures of my life, worn down by months of relentless external attacks. She was not herself. <laughs> I despise these people. The weak, the spineless, the corrupt, the evil. Ask me. Do you believe in free speech? I do. But uh, speech itself does have uh, uh, certain limitations. I do. I'm not, a spe- I'm not a free speech absolutist. I'll break down my morals absolutely and defend all of my positions uh, uh, on this logic. No immediate calls for violence. No creating of immediate threats. No instructing on commit crime, committing crimes. Yelling fire in a crowded theater. No problem. Expressing your political opinions. No problem. S- seeking out an individual and harassing them through repeated uh, offensive statements over and over and over again. Not an expression of opinion. Targeting an individual. So when it comes to what happened at this university, I actually agree with what the professor said, but I think they're evil. Oh, I can explain. It's actually quite simple. You see, these professors don't actually agree with free speech. They will shut down your speeches. They will get you fired. They will celebrate protesters trying to shut down your speech. But then when they want the right to call for genocide, which is abhorrent, they will absolutely defend it and try and use our morality against us. I do not accept that. So it's funny when I condemn these professors and they say they should all be fired and removed. You get these leftists being like, and they're the free speech absolute show their true colors. They never believed in free speech anyway. No, I do. Just not for evil people who are lying to steal power. Okay, you can't come to me, commit a bunch of crimes and then say, but I'm allowed to do this one. All right. You don't get to shut down people's speech, bar their rights and try and destroy this country. And then beg for free speech when you want to say some awful garbage. It don't work that way. Box said McGill will remain a tenured faculty member at Penn Carey's Law School. You see how that works? Penn's board held an emergency meeting on Thursday, which a person familiar with the situation described as an informal virtual gathering. At that meeting, trustees told McGill that they were not asking her to resign, but that she should think long and hard about whether she can function in her role effectively and, uh, and ultimately. That's uh, that, that's what ended up happening. She resigned. Take a look at this. Rolling Stone SNL skewers Congress's bizarre anti-Semitism hearing. Bizarre. I thought it was actually normal. I uh, Bizarre. I thought it was meaningful. You see how they did the skit and made these professors look like they were being attacked? Really, really quite, uh, quite incredible. Considering right now we have this from the Daily Mail. Harvard is swarmed by billboard trucks demanding President Claudine Gay be fired as she faces mounting pressure after disastrous anti-Semitism testimony on Capitol Hill. It's remarkable that the majority seem to be on the side of these professors lost the plot. Yet somehow SNL has decided to go the woke route. Is SNL's audience young? Why would anyone who still watches terrestrial television actually agree with that framing. It's funny because I've been told by some comedians that SNL has some of the best writers. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. SNL may have some of the best writers, but they're cowards. And maybe they can write good jokes, but they're not. So I got to tell you this. Maybe you're really deep down the funniest person. Hmm, That could be. But you're scared to actually make the funny jokes because you don't want to get canceled. Sorry, you're not funny. Okay. 
you don't get to be like, I actually won. You know, I, I, I'm the best uh, sprinter, but I decided not to sprint. It's like, uh, okay, okay, dude, sure. So they had this thing in poker. If you don't show your cards, you lose no matter what. It's called mucking, right? So there's, there's anybody who plays poker knows this, right? Someone will go, ah, and they'll muck their hand, meaning they throw it face down into, into the pit to the dealer. The dealer gets rid of it. Another hand is gone. And then they'll go, oh, no, wait. Oh, geez, I actually had a straight. I actually had a winning hand. Oh, well, I lose, I guess. And everyone says, no, you didn't. You had nothing. You have to show the cards. If you're a writer for SNL, you are one of the most unfunny people. And if I look to any of the credits for the writers of SNL, I'm going to be like, these people are the least funny people I've ever heard of. Now, maybe they're actually good at writing jokes. And I've had prominent comedians be like, no, they're really funny. No, they're not. They are not. Because this is their published work. If you write a book and it sucks, you don't get to claim, yeah, but the book I didn't publish is really good. Okay, sure, I bet. So sorry, SNL writers, y'all are trash. You want to be woke? Get woke, go broke. The Harvard billboards called for gays firing, just as similar ones appeared recently on the UPenn campus following McGill's ouster. The pair faced a ferocious backlash due to their disastrous appearance alongside MIT President Sally Kornbluth on Tuesday, where they struggled to decide whether calls for the elimination of an ethnic group constituted, it was, it was the Jews, constituted bullying or harassment. Billionaire donors have threatened to withdraw funding for the elite colleges until all three are gone and campaigners behind yesterday's stunt were confident their time is up. One down, two to go. A source who deployed the trucks at Penn and Harvard told Fox News Digital. So I want to make sure I stress this point for all of you. The point is regular people don't like racism and don't like anti-Semitism. And the left kept pretending to defend black people and Mexican people, and Asians, etc. And they didn't. They claimed to be anti-racist. And I have had people come on this show, and oh boy, do their word games work out really well. And they're like, well, I'm, I'm anti-racist. I think racism is bad. And I'm like, no, you're not. Anti-racism means you believe in segregation. And they're like, well, no, I don't. And I'm like, okay, well, then you're not anti-racist. You see the game they play? People interpret the phrase anti-racist, meaning you oppose racism. That's not what it means. Anti-racism is a fake term, a term like reverse racism. Anti-racism means you believe in opposing in an inverse action the structures of racism. What does that really translate to? Anti-racism is, is, is defined as a component of critical race theory, and they call for segregation. Anti-racism believes that we should discriminate based on race to rectify racism of the past. I oppose all of it and think we should not engage in behaviors uh, limiting or benefiting anybody based on their race. That is an absurdity. But my friends, we're winning. We're winning. We're winning. Take a look at this from the Daily Mail. Oakland coffee shop Farley's East fires employees who blocked a Jewish woman from a restroom after complaining about anti-Semitic graffiti. A viral video showing this guy, this Jamoke saying, I know Israel likes stealing private property. And these two women, these people are psychotic cultists. Okay, here's what woman. A Jewish woman complained about anti-Israel graffiti in the bathroom. She wanted to go back into the bathroom and take a picture. So they blocked her so she couldn't. What's the, what's the matter? You scared people are going to find out about the graffiti in your bathroom? Not only did they bar her from using the bathroom, 
They insulted her. Here's what it said. Zionism equals fascism. Now, let me just stress for y'all. Calling Zionism fascism is not anti-Semitic. They try to claim it is. Zionism, these are uh, Jewish people who want to establish a Jewish state in the Holy Land, is a bit different from criticizing outright Jewish people. But to be fair, there, I wouldn't call it anti-Semitic, but it is pretty close to it. I don't think it's fair that if somebody's like, hey, you want to establish a state in this region for religious reasons, I don't think that's explicitly calling out them for their religion. But but there are components that overlap with anti-Semitism. I do think that is fair. And that being said, this woman's allowed to film it. And if she wants to film it, then she should. But these people, they they were scared. They didn't want her to film it. And so they directly insulted her. I know Israel loves taking property and saying it's theirs, but we're going to go ahead and ask you to leave. Man, I really, 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 really despise these people. The cult, the psychotic cult. Okay. If you are psychotically pro-Israel, I feel similarly. I do. If you're Jewish and you're pro-Israel, oh, no, that I that I understand. If you're Palestinian and you oppose Israel, oh, totally. I, I get that. If you have some something that ties you to this region for which you are concerned about, you are allowed to be concerned about it. I respect it 100%. But these people, they're not Palestinian. They're not Israeli. They're Americans who are psychotically obsessed with Israel. I don't care if you're for or against Israel. If you're a white nationalist or an, a leftist identitarian, I don't care what your background is. As it pertains to your obsession with Israel, I will say all of you have Israel derangement syndrome. These people are psychopaths. But let me break it all down and go back to the beginning. We're winning. And I hope you all realize that. SNL mocked Elise Stefanik, and now they are getting dragged for it because most people are just like, dude, don't be a dick. Hey, look, I think fat shaming is bad. In some contexts, what they would describe as fat shaming is not fat shaming. If there's a morbidly obese person and I say, you're morbidly obese, you should lose weight. That's not fat shaming and that's not fat phobia. I think fat shaming is insulting someone saying you disgusting pig and things like that. No, we should encourage people to be healthy and lose weight. Okay, you don't got to be a dick about it. But that's 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 just it. They'll claim, well, that's fat phobia that you don't want someone to be fat. Yeah, well, I want them to live and be healthy. So you know what? Y'all can shut your mouth. I don't care. But when they claim that they can ban whatever speech they want and then they can permit the same type of speech as long as it's against the Jews, yo, man, we call them out. We expose them for the hypocrites they really are. And we begin winning. I wouldn't be surprised if SNL apologizes. We'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. CNN releases a new poll. Trump leads Biden in Michigan and Georgia as broad majorities hold negative views of the current president. And one of the most fascinating things about this is they say that non-voters are the biggest factor in Trump's success right now in the polls. People who did not vote in 2020 favored Donald Trump by like 27 points. But my friends, I have a video. Wall Street Silver on Twitter on X posted this and it explains exactly why Donald Trump is doing so well and why as of right now, if the election were held today, Donald Trump would win and bigly. And I'm going to play this video for you. Because uh, this video is revealing. It is of a 
a young woman with a simple question of everyone's favorite, Chipotle. Do you like your burrito bowls? I certainly do. Extra cheese, sour cream, and guacamole, double chicken, no rice, no beans. That's how we do. We go keto, right? Take a look at this clip. It's only 14 seconds long. My burrito bowl from Chipotle just cost me $19.82. Yes, I got guac. But that shouldn't make it $19.82. That is so much money for one bowl. What is happening? <laughs> Yo, I'm not mad at this lady, but it is frustrating, isn't it? What is happening? I bet you, how much you want to bet she voted for Biden? No, nah, to be honest, like, maybe she didn't even vote at all. But how many people voted for Joe Biden and are now like, oh, why is my burrito costing me $20? My burrito, it's too much. Oh, man. So Donald Trump is, uh, oh, like people are always saying like, oh, you do a good Trump temp. Well, it's like Trump doesn't always talk like that. <laughs> it's just like the rally voice that he does. But uh, look, man, if you're a young person right now and you're wondering why it is your burrito costs 20 bucks, uh, well, don't vote for Joe Biden because I'm going to make it real simple for you. We can come out. We can say, you know, Donald Trump was spending a lot of money and increased the debt. Sure. Fine. We can come out. We can talk about Donald Trump's policies during COVID not being good. Yeah, all that. But you want to know what one of the biggest components of why everything costs so much money? It's because people like Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama and the rest of the neocons and the neolibs, they want war overseas. And how do they pay for that war? Printing money. They just print it, extracting the buying power from your savings and making everything cost more money. I know it's a bit complicated, but that's the simple version of it. To put it, uh, let me, you know, let me do this. Let me read this down. I, mean, I, I had someone get mad at me. They were like, Tim, you don't need to explain to us inflation. All right. Let's say there's three dudes and each of them has $1. Dude one says, I will buy product off you for $1. Gives dollar to uh, guy one, gives dollar to guy two. Guy two now has $2. Guy one has no dollars. But guy one has product. Guy three says, I want product. And they all keep trading the $1 around each other. Well, as each of them only either has one, two or three dollars at any given moment, the value of certain objects can only be one, two or three dollars. There's no more money. So guy one has no money and he's holding an object. And guy three says, I'll give you a dollar for it. And guy one says, well, I don't have any dollars anymore. And I just bought it for a dollar. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do something. You give me a dollar. Basically, the the cost of the goods can't exceed the money in supply. Someone could say like there could be debt, to be honest, like they could say like, OK, well, you owe me two dollars. You can pay me back more later if I do more work for you. But simply put, oversimplified. Now, let's say a secret fourth guy just starts making a bunch of fake dollars. Now, guy guy one has ten dollars and guy two only has one dollar. And guy two is like, I only have a dollar. Like, oh, I got ten. I don't need it. Basically, what happens is the U.S. creates money upon the issuance of debt funds war overseas, that money that they get goes to big weapons, defense contractors and, and special interests, you know, private military contractors, uh, contractors, et cetera, buys, buys weapons. That money goes to those manufacturers, give it to their staff. Those people in the United States spend that money. And thus, the money supply dramatically increases. It is not only because of war, but a large component of it is. So, hey, you want to see the costs go down? Vote for someone who's not going to expand wars. And your best bet is going to be Donald Trump. Not perfect, but your best bet. CNN reports, former President Donald Trump has the upper hand over President Biden in two critical battleground states, Michigan and Georgia, with broad majorities in both states holding negative views of Joe Biden. And this is CNN's own poll. 
In Georgia, a state Biden carried by a very narrow margin in 2020, registered voters say they prefer Trump 49% over Biden 44% for the presidency in a two-way hypothetical matchup. In Michigan, which Biden won by a wider margin, Trump has 50% to Biden's 40. <laughs> wow. With 10% saying they wouldn't support either. Jeez. Trump is up 10 in Michigan. The two most recent occupants of the White House appear to be the most likely nominees for their respective parties in next year's presidential election. Yo, I am not going to even try to predict what happens. Alex Jones is back, baby. He's on X. Everybody's talking. Elon Musk going crazy over here. We got no idea what's going to happen. Hey, look, for all we know, aliens show up. We've been waiting for the aliens. They keep reporting it in the news. Maybe aliens will land in March and then everything goes crazy and then we don't even have an election. Wouldn't that be the funniest thing ever? Like Roseanne and Michael Malice were on Timcast IRL and Roseanne's like, I don't think we're going to have an election. And Michael's like, you don't think there's going to be an election? We're going to do a bet. How funny would it be if the reason we don't have an election is that we get attacked by aliens? Unlike discernibly, like an alien ship comes down and little green men come out and start firing lasers at us. Okay, well, I really don't like, think that's likely, but there also is a strong possibility that should aliens reveal themselves, that could instantly create one world government. No question. So can we talk about aliens here, I guess. Well, uh, I'll just say, I mean, think about it. If an alien threat emerged challenging Earth, I'm sorry, like you're in war mode. Instantly, every government of the planet unifies all weapons and scientific capabilities to target the external threat. That's just it. So, you know, I really don't think that's going to happen, but wouldn't that be fun? They want to say Trump's margin over Biden in a hypothetical matchup is significantly boosted by support from voters who say they did not cast a ballot in 2020. With these voters breaking in Trump's favor by 26 points in Georgia and 40, wow, 40 points in Michigan. Those who report having voted in 2020 say they broke for Biden over Trump in the election. But as of now, they tilt in Trump's favor for 2024 in both states, with Biden holding on to fewer of his 2020 backers than does Trump. Those numbers hinted at possible challenges for both candidates in the long campaign ahead. Trump's advantage rests on the assumption that he can both maintain support among a fickle, politically disengaged group and convince them to actually vote, while Biden will need to win back support. No, are you kidding? Challenges for both? Trump has got people who didn't vote wanting to vote for him. He ain't got to do anything. This Chipotle lady, I'm telling you right here, look at that face. That is the face of somebody who's mad. Her burrito cost 20 bucks. Okay, I mean, that's literally the face of that's literally what she said. You think she's going to vote for Joe Biden? I mean, she might. I just love this. My burrito bowl from Chipotle just cost me nineteen eighty two. <laughs> yes, I got guac. But that shouldn't make it nineteen eighty two. That is so much money for one bowl. What is happening? <laughs> what is happening? Look, man, they want to act like social issues are the most important thing, but it's the economy, stupid. And when you got young people, you're you're wondering why does young people are supporting Trump? Uh, it could be that their burrito bowls cost twenty dollars, man. So this is this is it. You got Joe Biden trying to do all the student loan forgiveness, offering up billions in student loan debt to be forgiven, and they're and they're saying I think they passed a bill. Someone mentioned this that it's not going to count towards their towards their taxes. Evil people, man. Evil, evil. Democrats are evil. Look, I'm not saying neocons are any better. The Democrats and Republicans, for the most part, are just garbage, evil people. There's a handful. There's a couple good Democrats. That's true. It's true. I know. There's a couple. Maybe one. 
But uh, Republicans have have a decent amount, maybe like seven to 12 or whatever. But the system is broken and people are starting to experience it. And you've got people posting these videos saying, like, hold on there a minute. I'm making 15 bucks an hour working part time. I don't make that much money. I can't afford a burrito bowl at Chipotle. Well, I got to tell you, my friends, it is the dead of winter and you want avocados. That's going to cost you a lot of money. But you know what it is? I'm going to say it. it's your climate change agenda. Yo, they don't want to drive avocados from Mexico up to Maine. OK, so if you live in New York and you want to get a burrito bowl, guess what? It's going to cost you 50 bucks. And they're going to say, why? Well, the avocados came from Mexico and we got to offset your carbon footprint. We don't want trucks. You guys got to understand about these uh, avocados. They don't last that long. So when they harvest them, they got to get them up there ASAP. A lot of these fruits, they got to put in refrigeration trucks. I'm assuming avocados are in refrigeration trucks, too. I don't know for sure. But now not only is your truck burning fuel carbon, it's also running air conditioning, giant refrigerators carbon. You want to play that co- climate change agenda, man? By all means, go ahead and do it. But don't be surprised when your burrito bowl costs you 20 bucks. And then Democrats, don't be surprised when these young people all of a sudden go, I think I'm going to vote for Donald Trump because I would like to have a $10 burrito bowl, if you know what I mean. When we look at China, and we look at India and we look at the amount of carbon they produce. It doesn't quite make sense now, does it? The American people want to have prosperity, too. And we ain't going to give it away. And that means Joe Biden's losing. But we'll see, man. We got a whole year and it's going to get wild. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Woman in her late 30s realizes she wants marriage and kids feels betrayed by feminism. She actually wrote several articles. Uh, Bravo to her. I feel bad for her, but I'm glad that she's speaking her truth because her message may resonate and help many other women stop uh, uh, now before they find themselves in a similar position. This is a story of a woman who got married at a young age, but got divorced, didn't have kids, thought she wanted a career. And then she realized as time went on, she wanted to spend her life with the love of her life and raise a family. But now she's almost 39 years old and she fears it's too late. She says in no uncertain terms that she feels betrayed by feminism. Oh, boy. Well, we better get into all this and break down what she's saying and why it matters. And I'll start by playing a clip from her. You can hear in her own words. So I feel unbelievably betrayed by feminism. And I don't want to put it on the movement because I believe you make your own choices. And everything I've done leading up to this point in my life has been my choice, and that's on me. But when I was a little girl, it was like, and this, and and to be to be fair, I think this partly comes from coming from a divorced family and seeing my mom kind of handle a lot. I mean, I just saw a woman a woman take care of a lot, but I also I was constantly fed this idea that. Women can do everything. We don't really need men. Women can, women can have the great career and, and have the kids that they like and change the tires and do this. I mean, I grew up thinking and men are great, but like I can do all the same things. Like I really, I really feel, I do feel in many ways betrayed by that line of thinking. And 
I got that from so many of the women in my life too. I mean, like I said, I do come from a very traditional family. So I wouldn't say so much from family, but just a lot of like the older women in my life, I kind of want to go back to some of those, some of those teachers and coaches and, and say, what the hell did you mean by that? Because <laughs> women can't do it all. I, we can't. So, oh man, can have it all. Can have it all, right? That's a 30 Rock joke where Tina Fey's character says, I really can have it all because she wants to have a relationship, a child, and be the boss at a big company. And uh, you can't. I mean, look, some people can. It's very, very difficult to do. And there's a reason for it. This woman, Melissa, uh, uh, Melissa Persling, also wrote this article from Business Insider. I'm 38 and single, and I've recently realized I want a child. I'm terrified I've missed my opportunity. I'm glad she's speaking out. I think it's very brave. She's going to be facing a huge backlash from the whole woke machine. And more women need to hear this because, my friends, maybe you're female. Maybe you don't want kids. Totally fine. You, you don't have to have kids. Maybe you don't want to get married. That's cool, too. Maybe you want to be the CEO of a big tech company. That, that's a fantastic. Good for you. The problem is there are many women who feel, are feeling pressured into these positions they don't want. There was some uh, viral article a while ago about someone looked up a bunch of profiles where women were like, I just want to be a mom, but society doesn't let me and things like that. Well, there are a lot of women who probably would just rather be a mom, stay at home mom, take care of the house, raise a family, have children. And uh, well, modern society is not so much in favor of that. As we can see here with this example, this woman saying she was told by feminism, you can do it all, you can have it all. I've got bad news for you. I got bad news for all of these woke, egalitarian, far left, whatever you want to call it. Maybe egalitarian is the wrong word because you could be egalitarian but recognize biological differences. But these ultra woke men and women will never be equal. Thank you. Uh, have a nice day and uh, we'll move on to the next segment. No, no. But in all seriousness, I'll tell you why. I'm not saying equality under the law. Equal equality under the law, we can reach a great deal of. But I do not believe we can ever have equality. That is not to say that men will be beneath or above, or men will be beneath or above. I'm saying they will not be the same, and they cannot be. Let's start with the obvious. Men have more muscle, den uh, more bone density, more muscle mass, more skin collagen, uh, narrower hips, uh, slighter Q angle. I mean, all of these things confer physical advantages, and everybody knows. Men also can't create people. Women can't. Well, men participate in the, in the process of creation. So women do require men for the seed of life, but it is the female body that actually generates the human being. So men provide to the process of creating humans, but women are actually the ones who will grow and create a human being. Now that's something incredible. I got to be honest, I don't believe, uh, I believe there are very few feats a man could accomplish that could ever amount to the creation of another human life. I'll tell you why. You may be a strong, strapping young man. You may be the best in your industry, but what? You scored more points in a basketball game. You broke a record. You swam further. You built a machine. Those are all really great. But guess what? You are simply the vehicle by which that thing was created. And you were created by your mother and your father and built within the body of your mother. This is why, as legend tells it, I believe this is true. In Sparta, the only way to get a tombstone as a man was to die in battle. And the only way to get a tombstone as a woman, as a woman, was to die in childbirth. 
They viewed the man fighting to defend the village equally with the woman creating the life to sustain the society itself. But now we have many women being told you can be the same thing as the guy. Let's play the game. 38 year old single woman wants to have a kid. Okay, well, you're running out of time. You're getting old. And I don't mean that as an insult. Doctors will tell you this. Uh, I think they say women should be having like the peak period is like early 20s, 24, maybe 38. You can probably have a kid. It'll be a lot more difficult. You may have to use IVF, in vitro fertilization. Is it? Yeah, IVF. And it gets more difficult. But let's play this game. A man and a woman, 24 years old, both do want kids. The man says, I'm ready to have a kid now. I mean, I'm, I got a stable job. I'm making a decent salary. I can definitely support uh, uh, getting a small place and renting in the suburbs and having a, a wife and a kid. Wife wouldn't need to do all that much. Maybe she can do some odd, uh, odd income generation online or something. But for the most part, could probably stay home. And so he meets a young woman and she says she wants to, yes, absolutely have a kid. And they get together, have a kid. Now the dude's 25, 26. He's making a little bit more money. He's well on his way. Mom is staying home, taking care of the kids. Dad comes home. They have food together. He pays the bills. He does the work. She raises the kid. They say, hey, you know, I'm making some more money. Why don't we have another kid? Now he's in his, now he's 28 or whatever. He's got two kids. He keeps working his job. He keeps growing up. Let's talk about the woman, 24 years old. She says, I also am making a good amount of money. I think I want to have a kid. Well, hold on there, Missy. You are going to create that kid. And so what happens is, even if we take the most, the most like advantageous view or, or beneficial view to the woman that she would only miss a couple weeks of work, let's say the woman decides to get pregnant with a man and the man will stay home and do all of these things and he'll be a stay at home dad. And that's fine, although probably more rare. But let's be let's 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 be as beneficial to this argument and give them the benefit of the doubt and, and all of the you know, we'll maximize no matter what, no matter what. The woman will need time off to literally birth the child. And the man, yes, of course, will be there with the wife when she's giving birth to his child. But there is also the fact that some guys don't. Okay, that means there are some dudes you'd probably say are awful dudes and they're nasty. Fine. Advantage. They can choose to skip the birth of their kids and keep working. Okay, well, that's probably a crappy thing to do. That is a crappy thing to do. But some might. But let's just say they don't. The woman still needs recovery, period. There is a period where the woman cannot be working at the same level as a man. Depending on the job, she's not going to be working long hours because she is pregnant. I think it is silly to even like my view of this is a woman who is pregnant and on the verge of giving birth, trying to work an office job would be akin to a man trying to juggle a bunch of plates while lifting a car off a person and trying to file a bunch of forms like you're, you're asking to do the most ridiculous, like asking a guy to lift the car off a person pinned down while beating the record for a free throws, thro you know, thrown. It's like, how do you do this? You've got to switch one or the other. Stop throwing the basketballs and save the person or let the person die and throw the basketballs. You can't do both at the same time. Now, people are going to say women can be pregnant and work at the same time. I'm saying not to the same level because you're literally creating a human life. There's, 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 there's a body toll on this. I mean, morning sickness, the idea that men and women are physically the same. It's not true. Guys can have kids into their 70s. Who was it? Like some 70-year-old dude had a kid recently? Women can't. This means women have time constraints. Men don't. That's just it. And for this, 
And because of biological differences, you're not going to have the law saying men and women are identical in every way and the law must be applied the same. Things will be different. It's a message that I think is for the longest time pushed by uh, feminism that equality, men and women are the same. You can have it all. It's a lie. You can be the strongest of the strong, but I, I think very few men are going to be able to actually have, quote, quote, unquote, it all. But let's talk about what it means for a man to have it all. To have a family, to have a job, sure. But men don't create life. Women do. The problem is the comparison between what a woman can do and what a man can do. A man being the CEO of a company is, in my opinion, a man being successful in business is equal to giving birth to a human being. Men cannot create human life, but they can create systems which will contribute to the betterment of society and human life and their families. Now, men can't gestate bodies, but they can they do contribute. And this is the point. I, I look at it this way. The amount that a man contributes to the creation of life is comparable to the amount a woman contributes to business and industry. You see what I mean? I'm not saying it's absolutely, you know, one for one. There's a mathematic behind it. Women tend not to be CEOs. They tend not to break physical records. They tend to have less, like, as I mentioned, bone density, muscle mass, etc. They're not going to run as fast or jump as far. Men are going to contribute to the creation of life, but they're not going to create life. It's like an 80-20 thing. Women do less in terms of external work, but they create life. Men do more in terms of external work, but contribute a, a decent amount to the creation of life. The seed, as it were, but not the creation of it. For too long, I think we have, as a society, been insulting to women and downplaying the great things that they are capable of doing as it's inherent to them. Maybe that's it. For whatever reason, society has said, no, no, you have to be skilled and be really, really good at something. Instead of just saying you're naturally talented. I look at it this way. If you're over, what is it? If you're like over seven feet tall, you have a 17% chance of playing in the NBA. Is that because of skill? Well, it's because you're tall. Well, women produce amazing things, human beings. They do an amazing thing. And it's very difficult. And it's admirable. It's honorable. And it's just by nature of being women. That's the, that's the crazy thing. Why there's, why there's, there's something wrong. With, there's nothing wrong with that. It's beautiful. It's, it's humanity. And men have the challenge of working really, really hard to prove themselves. It is what it is. I'll wrap with this because I don't want to rant on this one. This woman is amazing. I have tremendous respect for her. She was saying that when she put this article out, she started getting attacked by people who called her stupid and selfish and, and awful names. And that is the, the stupidest thing you could ever hear. This is a woman who she says she doesn't want to put it all on feminism because she made her own choices. I respect that tremendously. But I also want to defend her a little bit and be like, dude, you were lied to and tricked. How were you supposed to know? You were a young person. You were supposed to have guidance from your elders. And she said, I'd go back to those women and ask them, what did you mean by this? She was tricked. And now she is acting as an elder who's experienced and giving that warning, saying, hey, this is what I experienced. Now, her life isn't for everybody, but it's important that message is out there. She was tricked. She made mistakes and she's correcting them by passing on knowledge and experience to a younger generation that may help them. That is tremendously respectable. So bravo, Melissa. It is really, really great what you're doing. She's writing, writing more about this, speaking out more about this. And it's, it must be scary to have, you know, even uh, apparently guys who would, would agree with the traditional lifestyle insulting her over it? Nah. 
What you want is traditional men who have families to be giving her awards, to be shaking her hand and being like, what you are doing, speaking out against the lies and calling it out is an honorable thing. We're sorry that you were tricked into believing these things. And we're, we appreciate you've accepted your role in making the mistakes. You've, you've accepted personal responsibility. You've, you've pointed out that you were lied to and now you're speaking out against it. Nothing could be more honorable. What she is proposing is not for everybody. But the fact that she's standing up for what she believes in and expressing this stuff is, is tremendously important. So bravo. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Wokeness killed Han Solo. Mm. Adam Driver said, I didn't kill Han Solo. Wokeness killed Han Solo. And it's hard to know what the point of what he said was because he didn't really clarify. But this is on Saturday Night Live. And it's the same episode where they defended those uh, uh, university presidents who were like, we believe in the constitutional right to call for the genocide of Jewish people, uh, despite the fact that they banned free uh, 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 hate speech. So it's funny. But I got a lot to say about Star Wars. And I saw this story and uh, I don't know if it's exactly a get woke, go broke, because I don't know if he's making fun of the idea of wokeness or actually making fun of Disney getting woke and going broke. Here's a story from SCNR.com. And I'll just, uh, I'll play for you real quick the clip here, and you can hear it for yourself. I think it would pair perfectly with my teeny tiny micro penis. <laughs> oh, and I'd like uh, people to stop coming up to me on the street saying, you killed Han Solo. I didn't kill Han Solo. Wokeness killed Han Solo. <laughs> Let's see, what else do I want? I don't, I, I, I'm, I don't get it. Uh, I'll just take the win. Wokeness killed Han Solo. Sure. The Star Wars universe is completely broken. Disney has destroyed itself. Their, 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 their movies are failing. Disney absolutely has gotten woke and gone broke. And they've even admitted to their shareholders in their uh, quarterly filing that their political views are misaligned with what the public wants. Perhaps that is why they said, uh, or perhaps this is how it comes to be that he says wokeness killed Han Solo. Now, for those who don't, uh, don't know, Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens I think it was The Force Awakens. Yeah, in The Force Awakens, Ren killed Solo, much to many fans' dismay. And um, he's like, I wish people would stop coming to me and saying this. We have this tweet. Not the QTs, not understanding he was mocking the people who say that wokeness killed Hot Solo. He literally made fun of dude bros immediately after this. He's mocking the people that say this ish. Y'all are so effing stupid and effing variety for this clickbait and F variety for the clickbait headline. He says, Oh, you know those TikToks? Actually, let me, let me just keep playing. Oh, you know those TikToks where it's like those couples who do pranks on each other? Can you kill those people? <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, I, I was just to say, now it's part of the ritual where I play Oh Holy Night while making unbreakable eye contact with the camera. <laughs> right, so they're, they're trying to claim... While many conservatives celebrated the statement, others pushed back, declaring that it was a clear example of mockery. Right. I think that actually might be the case. Sarcasm or not, Star Wars has been widely criticized for taking woke pandering to an extreme. Bounding into comics reported in July, Disney's upcoming High Republic era live action Star Wars series, The Acolyte, has found its lead, the black lesbian non-binary actor and intersectional feminist Amandla Stenberg. Is it Amanda or is that a typo? Uh, Amanda, but it's a typo. 
The Acolyte is expected to be released next year, and ain't nobody going to watch it. It's going to crash and burn. So you want to know what happened to Star Wars as a whole? Yeah, wokeness did kill it. Ray. Uh, everybody hates Ray, the character. And, oh, man, let's just let me use this opportunity to talk about Star Wars and its demise. Uh, the Emperor is trans. That's a fact. And uh, the Emperor is now a woman. That's a fact. And Ray is the Emperor now. Did y'all see that last movie? Wow. Did they just butcher that? So I guess the Emperor never died at the end of Return of the Jedi. And he's been alive the whole time, orchestrating the events of all the other ones and uh, whatever. And then the Emperor is like, embrace your hatred and then I will take over your body. It's like, wait, hold, hold on there a minute there, sir. That's a young woman. <laughs> I suppose in the quest for immortality, you wouldn't care all that much whether you were a dude or a chick. The Emperor being an evil guy is like, literally don't care. But then Ray literally does what he says to do and kills him. So the only assumption is at the end, she's actually the emperor. And the emperor is now in a young female body. <laughs> okay, I guess that's the storyline they were going for. But Star Wars is a completely screwed up, broken series anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, I, don't, I, I just love, I love Star Wars. Uh, all right, let's, let's roll. First, Disney, we get it. Crash and burn. This new series is going to suck. But can we talk about Star Wars in general? First, let's let, I, this is my opportunity to just roast Star Wars. The first one. I don't, I'm I, I, like the original movies. I get it. They were good movies. But if you really think about it, mm, kind of questionable storyline. So everybody knows the joke about it was a kid from a desert planet who was radicalized by a relig religious extremist who then boarded a cargo ship, went to a terrorist training camp where they devised a plan to blow up a military base. Yeah, that's Star Wars. Let's add a little bit to it. Um, there were like between a million and two million people on the Death Star. And this is canon, meaning Luke Skywalker massacred, massacred untold civilians. What Luke Skywalker does in A New Hope is akin to the dropping of the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki in, in essence, that these guys were like, we're going to massacre all these civilians, but to end the war, because it is true that the Death Star blew up Alderaan. Now, I jokingly say rebel propaganda that never happened. It was the jet fuel heating the metal beams and Alderaan causing the planet to collapse and then explode. You know, that's what that's what happened. <laughs> but I, no, it's true. OK, if, if we're going to play like legitimately and then think about what they could have done with this. They actually could have done something really incredible with um, The Force Awakens. They made Luke Skywalker this whiny loser who sucked, who storyline made no sense. They just butchered the whole thing. You know, what, you know, it could have worked. I would have actually been OK with it. If in The Force Awakens, Luke's all messed up and they're like, what happened to you? You used to be the most optimistic guy. That's what that's what uh, Mark Hamill said. Luke Skywalker was the most optimistic guy. What did they do to this character? They could have done something brilliant. Luke Skywalker flees. He's gone. Nowhere to be found after Return of the Jedi. Why? They could have done a really great arc where Luke meets the families of the people he massacred. He hears the cries of the people who are like, my dad was an, an, an electrical engineer who had no idea what was going on and was asked to come aboard to build control panels for lights. And Luke Skywalker blew him up. Well, it's war, right? They could have done something really cool where it's like Luke says, do you have any idea how many people I've met whose family members I killed when I blew up that Death Star? Or how about 
the second time they blew it up, when it was under construction, how many contractors? And you could argue if you're a, if you're a contractor building a death weapon, then you're fair game in warfare. Right, right, right. But collateral damage is still the killing of civilians. And that's got to haunt a man's mind. There is nothing intelligent about the expansion of the storylines that they've done for Star Wars. They did not address any of the interesting questions. You know what show was awesome? I only watched the first, I think I watched the second season, uh, 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 Cobra Kai. So we all saw Karate Kid. Everybody's seen Karate Kid, I guess. And it's basically this, there's a bully and then the kid wins. Someone made a YouTube video where they were like, the main character is the bad guy. He's trying to steal this guy's girlfriend. He even cheats in the end with an illegal kick. And then if you look at it from that perspective, you're like, wow, the, you know, the jock guy or whatever that's supposed to be the bully actually isn't a bad guy. And so Cobra Kai as a show is like 20 years later and the main character is actually the bad guy from Karate Kid. And then you kind of realize like, you know, what was it? What is the main character's name? Danny. He's kind of the bad guy. And they actually address it. And then I guess like the guys, they team up together and then fight against the other dude's old master or something like this. But that's a really clever way to address a series into something new while asking these questions. Star Wars could have done that. Instead, what did they do? Ray is the emperor's granddaughter, I think. And it's like at the end, she like does the force and all the rocks lift up or whatever. And it's like, dude, come on. And everyone was screaming, Mary Sue. Luke struggled to learn the force because he was too old. And we like that story. It's like, wow, he's got to really try hard. Ray was just like, force powers. And so everybody was kind of like, yeah, okay, this is dumb. Get woke, go broke. When you make a movie and there's no challenge, no struggle and no conflict, Ray just is. It's boring. Luke struggled to overcome this and his family dies in the process. Not that I think the story actually is a good story. Like, yeah, the Empire's bad, I guess, but they don't ever really show the Empire doing anything really wrong. I guess the Empire blew up Alderaan. Okay, fair point. That was wrong. And uh, Luke Skywalker's and Luke Skywalker's aunt and uncle are killed. But I got to tell you, man, why did they get killed? All right, let me let me let me let me uh, break it down for you. Someone just stole military plans, classified military plans for a for a military base harboring uh, holding two million people, including innocent civilians. And the schematics contain information that could blow it up in a single strike. That's critical information to to reacquire. Would we hold it against any any military force for trying to reacquire that? Well, if the argument is the empire is evil, then we're like, no, they sh that we should stop them. But let's think about this outside of any any general context and just say, Military goes to retrieve classified information, encounters a family who resists, conflict ensues. It's not like they just randomly killed them for no reason. Or maybe they did. I don't know, whatever. The point is, in a realistic context, it could be something bad, but not the same as wanton murder. Anyway, the point is, this results in the radicalization of Luke Skywalker, then blows, blows up a military base and kills millions. Instead, what did we get? A shot-for-shot shot remake of A New Hope, boring garbage, and Han Solo being killed, Luke Skywalker trying to kill Han's kid. What? That's stupid. Luke Skywalker dying and sacrificing himself or whatever. He disappears into the force because he uses force powers. Just what? And then in the end of it all, the emperor possesses the body of Rey and becomes a young woman. Okay, I guess. Disney, what? Are, you're, you're on crack. <laughs> Anyway, Star Wars is done. I, I think it's terrible. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on the channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.